Good morning, church family and ministry friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today and God's word is going to strengthen you so that you can get everything done that God has called you to do. And so that you can be the person that God has called you to be. Praise the Lord. Let's begin today in the gospel of John chapter nine, verse four, we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. And in verse four, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. My friends, as we bring the tithe in today, and the tithe is 10% of our gross income, 10% of all of our increase, we're also going to bring in a special offering for the Pure Gold Television Ministry. You know, when I see, uh, for example, like television on Sunday, and I see all of the sports and stadiums filled with hundreds and thousands of people all over America, you know, I realize that those people that uh, don't serve God and they, they don't know the Lord Jesus, they're on their way to the eternal lake of fire. It really is quite sobering that this short life that we live here determines where we spend all of eternity. It's really quite staggering, but you know, this is not just an American situation where people, many people don't have an interest in God, but it's all over the world. And that's why we have a responsibility to work. Jesus said, I must work. And this word must, it denotes an obligation, really something that is so strong that is actually a necessity. He said, I must work with an obligation, the works. Now in the Greek, the word works here means work that is energized. In other words, it's work that grabs you and takes such a hold of you that you are completely given over to the task. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. What does that mean? It means that Jesus was conscious of time. And we have to be conscious of the time also, because at nighttime you can't work. Now, back then they didn't have electricity. They didn't have flashlights, but even today uh, you can still run into a lot of problems when you're trying to work at night. You just can't see as good. So he said, the night is coming when no one can work. Praise the Lord. My friends, we need $26,000 to record a half year of programs. I'll go back into the studio and just one day after another, I'll just teach all day long until we have done a half year of television programs. That takes a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of output, but uh, that's what God has called me to do. There's a grace to do it. And I just literally get behind the pulpit and just teach, teach, preach, teach until we have knocked out a half year of shows and to produce all of these shows and edit them very nice. And, you know, record them in high level TV broadcast quality. It cost $26,000. So as you honor the Lord today with your tithe, would you sow something special? Why? Because we're getting later and later into the game, but there are so many people that have still not heard about the Lord. And if they don't know Jesus, they will die in their sins and they'll be lost and they will go to the lake of fire. So my friends, it's quite sobering really. So let's do all that we can. There will come a time we can't do any more. I want to encourage you to sow into the pure gold television ministry. Let me just share with you the various networks that we are on. We are on God TV every single week, twice a week, actually. And that network reaches a satellite footprint over 1.1 billion people. We are also on GB, uh, GEB America. That's direct TV channel 363, as well as GEB Asia and GB Asia is on Asia sat five, the most watched English language satellite in the region. So 
GEB, our footprint there is over 2 billion people that are hearing me preach the gospel, just like I teach you every Sunday and Wednesday on the internet. I have different messages for the TV audience, but they're the same faith-based uh, pure teaching of the Word of God. And we're also ministering in Charlotte, WMY TV, Channel 12. That covers all of Charlotte, as well as WBPI TV 49. That's out of Augusta, Georgia. That also has nine other, uh, excuse me, sister stations. We're on Dominion TV Network four times a week, as well as be on, being on ISN, It's Supernatural Network, twice a week. So my friends, we are at a satellite footprint that is over 3 billion people. Woo! Praise God. So let's keep on doing that. And television, uh, it is costly, but it's worth it. It is the huge net that we get to throw. And we're also, I almost forgot, we're also on one of my favorite networks, which is the Holy Land Broadcasting Network. And we're broadcasting out of Bethlehem, Israel, and it easily reaches the Gaza Strip. I know they watch in the Gaza Strip. And there's probably people that are Hamas that are watching also. They desperately need Lord, the, the Lord, and the Israeli people, the Jewish people need the Lord. So that is going throughout Israel, and we are broadcasting in Israel three times every single week. Praise God. So $26,000 knocks out at a half year. And if God has really blessed you at the close of this year, and you're listening to this, and God has really uh, had mercy and goodness showered upon you, you could help me knock out a whole year. 52K, $52,000, I can go into the studio and stay there day after day. And I, honestly, I can do the whole thing in two weeks. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at this over the year. Now, that is eight hours a day just teaching nonstop, one show after another. But that's how we do it. And the reason in the television industry we do it this way is because it's more cost effective because you have to bring a whole team in. It takes at least 12 people. We have four HD cameras running all at the same time. We have sound engineers. We have lighting engineers. Uh, we have a floor director, and it takes a lot of talent to pull it off. But the end result is always beautiful. It always gives glory to God. So, my friends, do your best. And, uh, you know, if you want to be on the front lines where the where the real harvest is at, and also uh, what I'd say harvest, harvest of souls, yes, the church being built up, edified all over the world, and I'm talking about harvest where you sow seed in God's blessing. Amen. Then come on, I want, I want to invite you to get involved. Praise the Lord. Okay, so you can do so. You can bring the tithe in and your special offering in by either mailing it in to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654 is the zip code. And if you're sending a check, cashier's check or something like that, and it's for the Pure Gold TV show, then just note that on the check, uh, Pure Gold TV. Okay, now for those of you watching and giving online, you can give online by going to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and go to the top of the homepage. There's a link that says Give Online, and click that, and it'll say Tides and Offerings. Click that, and it takes you to the giving page, and it says Fund, F-U-N-D. There's a little drop-down menu. Click that. You'll see the area for the tithe, and the tithe is what allows the ministry to run smooth, and everything is a good operating order. And then there's the area for Pure Gold TV. Click that for your special offering, and I believe, my friends, we're going to meet this budget, and we're going to go over, and we will continue to expand around the world in television. Thank you for standing with me in this ministry. As on behalf of my wife and I and our entire team, we thank God for you. We really do. We cannot do what God has called us to do without your partnership and your help. And I'll be honest, I'm so glad we are in partnership together. We are pulling these nets together. I'll, I'll do the preaching and teaching, but I thank you for your prayers, your financial support, and we get to share in the rewards eternally for, uh, to, uh, together, and I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, 
Heavenly Father, bless your people. Bless your people as they're sowing sacred seed, precious seed. Uh, I thank you that as they are concerned about your harvest, a harvest of souls, you have a harvest on your mind for them of increase and expansion, dream fulfillment, prophetic fulfillment. I thank you, Father, let them have it all. We give you all of the praise. It's time for your people to smile and laugh and rejoice because we are in a perpetual season of harvest. We are in a, we're in a season where when the need is there, we can sow and we are in a perpetual season of harvest. Thank you, Father, in Jesus name bless your people bless their offering in Jesus name amen praise God and I'll be looking for your giving as it comes in thank you so much now today I want to talk about your wisdom world Woo! this is your world and it is going to be absolutely beautiful praise God now you can't control something somewhere off that's not really your sphere or your realm but you can be the king over your world you can rule and reign and I want to talk about that today as we discuss your wisdom world we're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 24 we're going to start in verse 3 let's start with prayer Heavenly Father, we thank you that your spirit is moving. Creative power is being stirred up and it's being released to make things the way that they should be. Now, Father, today I thank you that your people are going to see those practical steps that they can take to see amazing progress towards the end result of prophetic fulfillment. We thank you in Jesus' name and we all say amen. Ooh, praise God. Proverbs 24, verse 3, through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Woo, praise God. Let me say this, that everyone is born with a certain degree of natural wisdom. Natural wisdom like don't get too close to the fire. Uh, you're going to get hurt. That's going to be painful if we touch the fire. Or watch out. That's a cactus. Uh, we don't want to slip and fall into that. That's going to have a bad consequence. Matter of fact, one of the definitions of wisdom is the, is the ability to anticipate a consequence. In other words, we realize that's going to hurt. That's not going to work out good. That is an element of wisdom. However, you can operate in worldly wisdom and you could still, although you may anticipate a consequence, move forward with it because you just don't know about the things of God. So today we realize that wisdom in itself is extremely limited, but God's wisdom is supernatural and that it is eternal. It works for any generation. It doesn't matter if you live in uh, 20, 23, or 2048, uh, or if you lived in 1562, God's wisdom is supernatural, and when applied, it works and begins to lift you right where you're at, irrespective of time, irrespective of location even. I tell you what, it will do its thing. So wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's primary, it's chief, it's first, it's number one. And, you know, this is especially true in the area of ministry and business, because it involves creating something out of nothing. Praise God. And when I started my ministry, there were no books. There were no uh, teaching downloads. There, there was nothing. There was nothing physical. <laughs> but today, there are these various things around us, and many of them were just created when there was nothing there before. And it's the same way in business. You could start with literally nothing, and you go to work, and before you know it, maybe you have uh, started a restaurant, or maybe you have, you have built a barbershop or whatever it might be, or you, you've established uh, a, a manufacturing facility and now you're bringing higher level industrial equipment into it. But ministry and business, they, they have the involvement of creating something out 
of nothing. So this is why wisdom is the ultimate asset when it comes to creating or building. And we see that actually God created the entire world by wisdom. By the way, the thing of the Big Bang and all of this stuff, that is evolutionary, atheistic, communism, socialism. And God over and over throughout scripture is identified as the creator of the earth and the universe. And I'm so happy to say that I agree with that. And we see something very interesting about this in Proverbs chapter three, verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. And yes, there it is again. God found that the earth it didn't just evolve or create no more than this pulpit did no more than this iPhone did. Uh, it, there, if you see this, you know that there's a creator, you know that there is a manufacturer, a designer, same thing with the earth, same thing with the human body, etc., etc. So we see that wisdom and understanding work together. They work in unison so closely that it's like a hand fitting in a perfect glove. Have you ever purchased a glove before, but it didn't fit very well? Maybe it was too tight or too bulky, but when you get that right glove and it fits so good for the job that it's required to do, that is a wonderful feeling. That's the way wisdom and understanding work together. Every ministry and every business really in a form uh, we could say like in a, in a measure is a house or building. Paul even referred to himself as a master builder. Woo. Praise God. And I believe that's going to rub off on many of you today. For some of you, there is literally something that you need to build. Maybe you need to build a business from scratch and maybe you need to build a physical house or something like that. There's something that you want to build and that anointing can be upon you to do that. So let's take a look at this in Colossians chapter two. This really is very, very amazing. I've always liked uh, this statement in Colossians. It's very profound. As we turn over there, let me say this, that without wisdom, no ministry or even business can amount to anything. It's just never, ever going to happen. It is through wisdom that one experiences breakthroughs in various levels of ministry and in business and whatever career field it might be. And without wisdom, you'll actually find that your task really does just flat out become a burden. I, I wish that weren't like that, but it is without wisdom. Uh, Work can become a burden. And the reason because of that is wisdom is better than strength. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. So we have competitions, world's strongest man. And you see a man that weighs 400 pounds go over and he'll deadlift. I think the deadlift world record now was over 1,100 pounds. And he does it. And many have, uh, have attempted it and have passed out or have had uh, blood vessels or capillaries pop and blood starts coming out. It's, uh, uh, it's a tremendous exertion upon the body. But if, even if they do do it and they do accomplish it and break the world record, um, they can only do it one time. Then they've got to recover and stuff like that. But wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom says, hey, Instead of having to do all of this endless training and uh, have to eat like a horse and uh, do all of that just so we can lift this, why don't we just go uh, and rent a forklift? <laughs> because the forklift can lift 10,000 pounds and it can do it with no strain. And so you drive over there with the forklift and you lift it. Not only can you do it once, you can lift it up and down all day long. So what does that mean? It means wisdom's better than strength. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. And in Colossians chapter 2, as we move in the verse 3, we see the context is about God's Son, Jesus. And it says, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's a fun scripture to sit down and just meditate on when you have some free time, that in Jesus are hidden all all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When 
you and I were born again, the Spirit of God moved in on the inside of us, and there was a deposit of wisdom within our spirit, solely even through the presence of God now indwelling us as believers. Praise God. And by the way, the wisest thing uh, concerning wisdom that anybody could ever do is receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and get your life ready for eternity. Praise God. Woo, praise God. That's the wisest thing you could ever do. We see a lot of people in the world that are espoused for their wisdom, but they're not saved and they don't know God. And even if they have great wealth, even if they in some ways do have wisdom to solve worldly problems, but yet they die in their sins. What a fool! What a fool to reject God's gracious offer of salvation through his son and to turn it away and to trust in your own self works. Oh, what a foolish thing to do. So the wisest thing anybody could ever do is to receive Jesus and get their life right with God, make their peace with God and be ready for heaven. Praise God. And of course, at the same time, miss out on hell. Woo Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me say that with the Spirit of God indwelling the believer and God's Spirit living within your spirit, the human spirit alone cannot carry out and complete the commission that God has given to you. I want to talk about that. That's very, very important. And sometimes, really, really misunderstood by Charismatics and Pentecostals. While the Spirit of God does, uh, does dwell in you as a believer, and He's living within your spirit, your spirit alone does not have the capability to fulfill the assignment that God has called you to. We see that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that the human being that you and I were comprised of three areas that would be spirit. You are a spirit and you have a soul, which comprises your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. So while I wouldn't te technically say we have three parts, I would in a sense say that there are three elements that make us up as a whole and you are a living spirit and you have a soul and you live in a physical body. In Acts chapter 6, let's take a look at this just for a moment. Praise God. Acts chapter 6. And I want to go to uh, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So Stephen, he had the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God on the inside of him. But we see here that his mind was obviously influenced by this wisdom. And he was able to speak, talk, and communicate in a way that refuted what they were saying as being uh, as being correct, and it was. And he showed that it was wrong, and that what he was expressing was truth. And the anointing, the wisdom of God, it does affect your brain, just like alcohol can affect the brain and actually kill brain cells, and is a detriment to the human brain. Wisdom actually influences the human brain in amazing, amazing ways. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. And your mind is working with the beautiful brain that God gave you to bring forth the answers and solutions that you have in life. Actually, the mind is the seat of wisdom and understanding within you. I'll say it again. Your mind is where wisdom sits at inside of you. Woo, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Jesus is the Word of God, but He's also described in Scripture as the wisdom of God. 
So if Jesus is in you and he is, then the same forces of creativity that resided in him also reside in you. This is, this is the force of wisdom to create what you need in your world. We're talking today about your wisdom world and your world is a very fascinating place. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you need your mind. Put your hand up on your head just for a moment. You need your mind for a resourceful, forward moving and innovative ministry, business, career field growth. Praise God. You need your mind. You're going to need your mind to be working with you in this area. And God knew beforehand all of the different types of obstacles you would face as you walked forward and carried out your task. So because of this, God therefore equipped you for the job by giving you a mind, which is not just an ordinary mind. You don't have an ordinary mind anymore, but you actually have a sound mind. Look at this in second Timothy chapter one, chapter one, verse six, actually verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What happened when we had the virus that spread all over the planet? I tell you what people's minds were engulfed with fear. I saw even in the church believers get engulfed with fear and that fear really the core thing that drives it is the fear of death. And I tell you what, uh, people were afraid of dying. Oh, it's going to kill. It's going to kill. Take this, take that. And people took this, took that didn't do any good. They still got it. But what was driving all of that? A spirit of fear, but through it all, I also witnessed those who maintained a sound mind. I saw those that had a sound mind and they walked right through all of that with a smile on their face and didn't miss a beat. And all through that, whenever they were shutting down the ministry here continued to increase. We made, we had more come in than we ever had come in in the history of our ministry. And the following year, while it still raged on out there and it seemed like people had lost their minds, we continued to grow. And it's true. Every single year since this ministry has been founded, we have increased and gone to a new level. And the same is true for this year. Glory to God. My friends, God's given you a sound mind. You don't have to think like all of those people out there in the world who are consumed with fear, fear about finances, about maybe losing money or, you know, turmoil in the stock market, turmoil in the uh, uh, crypto market or whatever it might be. And they, they lose their peace. You are covenant exempted from all of that. Woo. Praise God. Mm-mm. Your mind is actually a gift from God. Did you know that? Thank you, Jesus. It's also, I I would call it not just a gift. I would call it a forever gift because when God gives a gift, it's yours for the rest of your life. And he's given it to you. You need to take good care of it. We actually see that validated in the book of Romans chapter 11 and verse 29 for the gifts, one of them being your mind for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He's not going to change his mind and said, I gave, I gave her too much creative power. She, she, there's no telling what she's going to do with that. No, he gave it. Now you need to use it for good and let the Holy spirit flow through you and let the, the word of God govern what it is that you create. Mm-mm. But God's not taking it back. God has released tremendous gifting into your mind and you need your mind to get to where God wants you to go. The Bible further tells us, that we have been given the mind of Christ so that we can think and reason as Jesus did. Woo, that's staggering. Psalm 32, let's take a look at that. Psalm 32, verse 9. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. See, a horse or mule does not have the ability to go sit down in a chair and think, you know what? 
I wonder what a more effective way is than me just pulling this plow. Maybe the horse and the mule could have a conversation and say, you know what? This work is very, very fatiguing. Why don't we sit down and see if we could develop something, maybe like a tractor? Yes, let's develop this concept of a tractor and let the machine do the work so that we don't have to do it. And then we can relax and have vacations just like the humans do. But no, they don't have that ability. But guess, guess who does? You do. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So don't be like the horse or the mule. They can't do it. We don't expect them to. But we should. We can. And we're going to. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Use your mind to think and reason things out. Mm -mm. Work through it. There was never a time that Jesus, never a time that Jesus didn't know what to do. Even when he appeared trapped, he could get out of it. And he did over and over and over again. Look at this in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew, this is chapter, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22, meet me please in verse 17. We have those who would be considered the theologians of the day, the religious experts trying to trap him again. Verse 17. Tell us therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me? You hypocrites show me the tax money. Uh, th don't you know that the normal people must have just been totally loving this? <laughs> They probably thought, yeah, I always thought these guys were a bunch of total hypocrites. <laughs> Woo! Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him. And went away. Defeat it. Defeat it again. He did stuff like that over and over and over again. Remember, he's up against brilliant minds. These guys are not dummies. They're all very, very smart. And they're doing their collaborative best to trap one guy. And they can't do it. Ever. Mm. The woman caught in adultery. They thought for sure they've got him. But he got out of that one too. And he did it over and over. You could never get him in a place where he's trapped. Why? He could reason and sit there and think and get his way out. Woo! And you can too. You're in something. You can get out of it also. With God, there is no such a place as being stuck. Do you ever think God's stuck anywhere? No. Is God ever like abandoned somewhere? No. And if he's with you, you can get out too. And you're going to. Mm -mm. But you're going to use your mind in the process. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to be working with your mind a whole lot. Praise God. Mm -mm. So you also have the same mind as Jesus, and you can be in control of situations like he was. But you do have a part to play. You do have a part to play. Let me jump back over to 2 Timothy again. 2 Timothy 1, we looked at verse 7. But let's look now at verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Now, you have to stir it up. You have to stir it up. It is your duty to stir up your mind and use your mind to explore the assignment that God has put in your hands. Come on, get excited about your assignment. Mm -mm. You stir up and you renew your mind with the words that God said in the Holy Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And as you do that, it also cleans your mind and it also renews your mind. It's like giving your brain, giving your mind an oil change. Romans chapter 12 Verse 2, and do not be conformed or molded to this world, but be transformed 
That word in the Greek is the same word where we get our modern day word metamorphosis of a little worm transforming into a beautiful butterfly with glittery sparkly wings that can actually fly. So you went from crawling to a place where you can actually fly and look very nice while you're doing it. That is a metamorphosis and your mind, the Holy Spirit will take your mind through a total transformation, a metamorphosis, and it takes place through the washing of the word. Glory to God, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord today. Now, let me address a problem that we do have amongst Christians who they are trying to succeed through their spirit capacity alone. And they believe in prayer. I do too. And they believe in fasting. I do too. I love those subjects. But they are trying to take only a spiritual dimension of responsibility, and they're trying to force things through on that, and you cannot get it accomplished solely by those means. As many of you know, of course, I do live here in Moravian Falls. It is a very prophetic area. And uh, I myself, as a prophet, live here. There's other prophets. And, of course, anytime you have uh, authentic, there's also a lot of flaky uh, imitative, silly, goofy stuff. And uh, over the last uh, almost uh, 20 years, it's been 18 years, I've seen some of the flakiest stuff you've ever seen. And it's, and it's here and it's out there. But you have to understand that you can't get things accomplished if you're in the flaky world. Praise God. Glory, glory to God. For, for example, many people have come and gone in this community over the years. Some blow up. They come in and blow up with great uh, pomp and circumstance. They come riding in the town, and they say, I'm going to do this, this, this. And, of course, when they do that, people oogle and ogle, and oh, 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 it's going to be wonderful. And then, and then a few years later, hey, whatever happened to that person? <laughs> They're gone, <laughs> packed up and left. Well, the, the, they said they were going to do all of this, and this. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. they didn't do any of it, did they? Why? They thought they could maybe just do it all by praying and uh, do it all maybe by just talking about it and sitting around and let's, let's go back to the coffee shop and just talk some more about it and talking and, and, uh, uh, and it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. I did have uh, a couple of years back, I had a gentleman that lives in the community. He said, uh, he said, Stephen, he said, I must say something. And he wasn't even what, what you would call in my tribe. But he said, he said, Stephen, he said, with all the stuff that goes on around here and all the so-called things that people have said they're going to do and almost, almost all of it never coming to pass. He said, you seem like the, one of the only ones, like, like the only one that if you actually say you're going to do something, it actually ends up happening. You actually end up getting it done. But that's, that's because in the charismatic Pentecostal and especially within the prophetic camps, uh, there's like a, an emphasis on spooky there's an emphasis on spiritual. Brother, did you see another vision? And again, I, I like visions. I believe in prophecy. I believe in all of that. But if you don't have the other part, it ain't ever going to happen. And there's, there's a part of some of them, they don't want to hear about anything dealing with responsibility. So now we're getting kind of into the nitty gritty. And some of you need to tread over here into the nitty gritty with me. That's where the job gets done at. Woo, praise God. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. In other words, these people with their lofty ideas and all of their eloquent uh, espousals of what they're going to accomplish, and it never happens, what happens is they never approach their vision with sound wisdom or logic to implement practical steps on how to carry out their task. Now, brother, how are you going to do that? They have no answer. And if they do have an answer, it's a general blanket statement. There are no steps to where they're trying to go. <laughs> and they've never thought about it either. And so three years go by, eight years go by, and nothing, not, no, no progress has happened at all. And then eventually fold up, move, gone. <laughs> Woo, 
praise the Lord. Am I telling the truth or not? Mm-mm. Now look, look at this. Look at this. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. Praise the Lord. I know I'm speaking to some people today that are going to get it done. Mm-mm. And if there has been some delay, uh, that delay is getting, um, is getting pushed out of the way today. Look at Isaiah 43. Let's drop down the verse 26. God said, put me in remembrance. Let us contend. That's a very strong word. Let us contend together. Now that word can mean reason together. Talk it back and forth. In other words, God's saying, you explain to me what you purpose to do and why I should back it. Give me how, give me your plan and, and work this out with me. Well, I, I've got a plan, Pastor Stephen, but uh, I, I, that, I'm not going to really talk about it. Well, with God, you've got to iron all of that out because he does, he does show you the end in visionary form, but you have to have practical steps of how to get there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you don't, if you don't do this, you will try to warp faith into foolishness. Now, you wouldn't call it foolishness, but that's what many have done. They turn faith into foolishness. But you have to remember, even Abraham, while he was, now now watch this. This is going to help some of you. Even Abraham, while he was known as the father of faith. Yes, yes, Pastor Stephen, that's all we need. That'll get it done. Okay, I'm big on that. And I, I, yes, uh, I'm a faith person to the core. But, But watch this. Even Abraham, as the father of faith, He never did foolish stuff. Now, many people think that he acted on blind faith when he went to sacrifice Isaac. And he just did it on raw blind faith. But did you ever stop to look at all of the logical steps and how he obviously must have thought through every single one because he knows exactly what he's doing. And he also knows what he's revealing and what he's not telling. What do you mean, Pastor Stephen? Well, first of all, he's got it in his heart that he's going to kill his son because God told him to. So what does he do? He thinks it over and he comes to a conclusion that God is able to raise Isaac from the dead. Can you believe that? Not only that, he's going to offer him up as a burnt sacrifice. So the only thing that's going to be left is ashes. So he actually believes that God cannot only raise his son from the dead. He can take those ashes and recreate his son right in front of him. Oh, that, and that's what he reasoned out. He reasoned that out. And he came to that conclusion. Mm. Well, I guess after that, Pastor Stephen, he just went off and did it. Hold on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. Sarah wants to know, Hey, uh, where are you going? Now th- 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 this is what some of you would do. Well, Sarah, uh, uh, God told me to kill our son, so I'm taking Isaac, and I'm going to go kill him. I'll be back in just a few days. Oh, she, she, you, you want to see a woman go bonkers? You want to see a woman go berserk? Uh, she would have thought, you've lost your mind. Did you ever read in between the lines and catch the reality that he never told Sarah? There's a reason that Abraham is known as the father of faith. And it's not like Sarah is the co-heir of that because she struggled. She struggled a lot. Now she eventually, yeah, she saw the manifestation of her miracle, but she went through a lot of doubting. And of course, whenever there's a lot of doubting, there's a lot of pouting, usually, uh, you know, kind of complaining and blah, 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 that goes along with that. So yes, she eventually pulled it together. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. And we commend her for that. She actually made the hall of faith. Wow. Pretty impressive. But no, she, she was not on that same level as Abraham was. So what did he do? He didn't tell her. Some of you need to get smart. Some of you, you talk, you talk way too much. And I know there's a place for faith. And I know there's a place for proclamation. But Jesus also said, don't cast your pearl before swine. And I'm not saying people who don't understand are swine. But you cannot take sacred things and try to get them over to somebody who's very carnal, who uh, uh, considers you an interruption because they're trying to watch the football game. Or they're so caught up in the things of the world that if you try to tell them something spiritual, it's actually like, uh, they, they, they wonder about you. It's better just to go ahead and get it done and manifest it and then let them see it because they're not going to be able to hang with you in between the middle gaps. 
He didn't tell her. He did not tell her. And he left. Oh, we'll be back. We're going to go take a night. We're, you know, he's at the age now where he needs to learn more about what trees are. And we're going to walk around and I'm going to teach him what all the different names of the trees are and the different plants of the desert. Oh, that's good, Abraham. He is of age. That would really increase his, uh, uh, his knowledge base. Yes, good idea. Father-son camping trip. Okay. Now, notice what else takes place. He takes two servants. And he did not tell them either. They don't, all they think is he's going to go do a sacrifice. They're going to carry the wood for a while. And after they get to a certain point, Abraham says, you guys stay here. We'll be back. Well, what you're going to do over there? Well, we're just going to have some father son time. And uh, uh, you guys hang out here. Everything's good have a little campfire and uh, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. He didn't tell them either. Woo. Can you see, look, look, practical steps, you think through what you're going to do, what you're going to say, what you're not going to say, so you don't blow and mess the whole thing up. Wisdom, wisdom has practical steps. Wisdom thinks it over. You don't just walk in there and kind of like, well, we'll just, you know, there is a place where the anointing, where the spirit of God can come. And sometimes you're not quite sure what's going to come out. But if there's an anointing for that, you're okay. But in the practical everyday operation, you've got to work this out. God tells you what to do. Go sacrifice, like you did Abraham, go sacrifice your son. He expects Abraham to figure it out. He expects Abraham to be mature enough and wise enough to figure this out and get this done and not bungle it, mess it up. Not end up getting locked up, at, you know, in, a, in a, a cuckoo house somewhere. No, he, he can handle that, and you can too. But you have to think about the, white, the right way to approach it. I've made purchases, purchases before. My wife and I have bought things before where we received owner fa- financing. You think I'm going to go there and say, oh, I don't have nothing. I tell you what, this is really a wild streak. Boy, if you found out how, how poor I was, you, you wouldn't lend me a dollar. Oh, Lord, have mercy. No, no. You go in faith and you go, you go in confidence after you've heard from God, but you also have practical steps of wisdom of what you're going to say and what you're not going to say. And if you feel like you can't do that very good, then take somebody with you who's a faith buddy who can back you up or at least give some support or maybe talk or a little bit more expressly in this one area. Mm-hmm. Wisdom. Do you, see, do you see how you just can't do it on praying alone? You're going to have to get in there and be smart. And the Holy Spirit, He'll give you those smarts, but you have to think, kind of go back and forth, reason with God. Mm-hmm. And then with those plans, I'll tell you what, they'll work. Thank you, Lord Jesus. By the way, He didn't tell Isaac either until the last minute. Hey, Dad, we're going to make a sacrificial offering, huh? Yes, son. Yes, we are. We're having a wonderful walk. Yeah, Dad, this exercise is really, really, really good. I'm glad we're out here having some father-son time together. Hey, uh, by the way, where's the sacrifice? What are, what are we going to offer? <laughs> oh, don't worry, my son. God, God will provide the sacrifice. And it wasn't until they got up there that he had a talk. And because Isaac was a type of Christ, when Isaac understood what his dad was commanded to do. He willingly, he willingly laid his life down. Now I'm not saying that Abraham still maybe didn't put some ropes around him uh, to stabilize or whatever the case was, but just like Jesus willingly went to the cross and wasn't trying to pull his hands back and say, you're not nailing me to no cross. No, no. He stretched them out, put his feet out and he willingly laid his life down. Isaac did too when he caught the revelation of what his father told him, but don't think for a moment, they started that trip off and Abraham said, son, I'll tell you what, when we get there, I'm going to kill you. No, no, no. You must learn just like Esther did when going before the king, that there's a timing for everything. And when she and the king and Haman were both there at that dinner that she planned and that her king consented to come to some in that first meeting, something wasn't right. And at that one meeting, she wanted to talk with the king and reveal what this, what this killer was trying to do to, to her people and to her. But if you read it carefully, something was wrong. And she, she didn't do it. And she said, can we do this again tomorrow night? 
And he said, okay. And the next time she came, the atmosphere was right. Something, maybe it's the prayers of the people that created that atmosphere where now she can ask. And when she did that time, the king caught it instantly and immediately turned on Haman. And boy, it was game over for him. You've got to be wise in these areas of knowing when to talk and when to just don't, don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything. Woo! Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Wisdom should be the basis for any assignment that God puts in your hands. Abraham, he had faith. Absolutely. We look to him as our example, but he also reasoned and acted wisely. And that is a missing component in the lives of some believers. Let's go to Proverbs chapter eight, very quickly. Proverbs eight, verse 15. This is wisdom speaking as personified by like a person by me, Kings reign. This is the wisdom of God by me, by wisdom, Kings reign and rulers decree justices or justice by me. Princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. So wisdom should be the basis for any assignment that God puts in your hands. It is the key to reigning, having victory in life. It is your wisdom world. And you sit on that throne uh, reigning and governing over what God has called you to do. And within your mind is where the wisdom of God is residing. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Jesus reasoned his way through intense obstacles. I especially like this one. Don't take this one lightly. If it ever happens to you, John chapter 11, verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Those were the tattletales. Just because people see the raw power of God, Lazarus, uh, Lazarus raised from the dead, doesn't mean that people fall on their knees, lift their hands and say, oh, okay, I believe now Jesus is Lord and Savior. I want to get saved. Those people saw miracle power and turned around, went right back to the Pharisees and told on Jesus, said he, he did all these miracles. And the Pharisees didn't say, well, if he's doing miracles, he must be, he must be of God. We just all need to get saved. He must be the Messiah. No, they had one conclusion. We're just going to have to kill him. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Verse 47, then the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And then we move over to verse 53. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. They, they wanted to murder Jesus. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. Oh, Pastor Stephen, now that's wrong that Jesus did that. Now, if Jesus would have really had faith, he would have stayed there and God would have protected him. Listen to me today. Do not turn faith into foolishness. Wisdom has practical steps to get you to the finish line of your assignment. And if you die prematurely, you can't fulfill your assignment, can you? So when Jesus realized this is a valid threat, they really are trying to kill me. And if I stay here any longer, something's going to happen. So what did he do? He left. It's not fear. It's wisdom. A sound mind being able to reason. Yes, it's too hot. Let's hit out right now. That's not unbelief. That's wisdom. Praise the Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. Many people think that they're facing certain problems and they are real problems, but maybe they think it's a faith problem, a lack of faith. Sometimes it's not really what it is. It's a wisdom challenge. It's a wisdom problem. And if you get the wisdom, you can solve the situation. And in the case of Jesus, it was simply move, leave. 
Why? Because they're not going to change. And they're, they're going to try to murder you. So leave. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And he did. He reasoned it out and left. He, now listen, he didn't just pray about it perpetually and stay in a spiritual cloud of prayer. He prayed and he reasoned it out with his mind and he decided we need to leave. And he was right in doing that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You need to understand that where you're received is where you belong. And if really, if they don't receive you, you have to ask yourself this question. What am I even doing here? <laughs> they don't even like me. Why am I here? <laughs> it's funny sometimes the places you end up and maybe you thought, well, this is where I should be. And you end up and you're thinking, um, how come that who I am doesn't resonate with them? And certainly who they are is not resonating with me. It's because you're in the wrong place. And if that is the case, you need to sit down, reason things out. Don't be surprised if your next move is to go in a different direction. But your spirit alone, your spirit alone does not have the capacity, the strength, or the ability to fulfill your vision. Your spirit, your inner man, receives heavenly ideas from God and then brings those to your mind. Woo! The members of your body then put into action what your mind has worked out. Your mind's got it worked out. Your feet start walking. Your fingers start typing. Maybe it's the booking of a ticket on an airline. Maybe it's the making of a phone call. So the members of your body, uh, they get it. They receive it from the understanding of the mind, transferring it to the brain. And then they go to work and they do their part. For the highest levels of success, you must explore the wisdom that God drops into your mind by the Holy Spirit. Mm -mm. And let me say this, the devil, he knows the power. Oh, he knows the power of a sound mind. So he fights against the minds of people. And what he tries to do is utilize his great weapon of deception by blinding their mental understanding. And let me close with this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Well, verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image, image of God, should shine on them. You know, nobody would go just blasting down the street 130 miles an hour in their vehicle, knowing that the bridge up ahead has been taken out and that they're building a new bridge. But as of the current moment, there is no bridge and there's stop signs all over the place, signs saying bridge out, bridge out. And what do they do? They keep speeding up, going faster and faster and faster and faster. But that's what's going on in the world all around us. Satan blinds their minds. And makes people think, oh, the, uh, Jesus, oh, he's not the only way to heaven. Long as you live a good life and long as you're not a really awful person, then you'll be good enough to get into heaven. And I've talked to people from all types of different religions around the world, where it's um, uh, Islam or whether it's um, uh, people from uh, different areas of uh, Hinduism and things like that. And I've talked to them and they admit, they admit to me that they believe that the way that they gain uh, a better life in the next world, wherever that is, however that is in their belief, some they would call it heaven also. They basically believe that your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. And if you're a good person, then you'll be allowed into heaven. And that is an absolute lie. Um, God is so holy that nobody can come before him because of his purity and holiness. And our sins have separated us from a holy God. So the only way that you can get to God and receive eternal life is through his son, Jesus, who came to earth, lived as a sinless man, and died on the cross and paid the penalty for our sins, the penalty that we deserved of eternal damnation. He paid that penalty and died on the cross and purchased our redemption. So that whoever believes in him and puts their trust in him can be saved. And a person that, that doesn't believe that either has never heard it or Satan does everything in his power to keep them blinded to it. 
where it's like there's a, uh, they've been hoodwinked, where there's like a towel wrapped around their eyes, wrapped around their head, and they can't see it. But they can see everything else. The love of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and He keeps them consumed in that. But my friends, we are not under that veil. We are free and our eyes are wide open as we are walking on the way to heaven. And we stir up the wisdom resources that God has placed within us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So as a believer, if you want to get into the greater areas of the brilliant wisdom of God, begin to stir your mind. And if there are any vestiges of worldly thinking, let the Holy Spirit work with your mind through the word so that that transformation continues to take place and you think like God does. And then your world starts to become the world that you always knew it could be. Well, you're blessed to be a blessing. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And you start moving into the fullness of the kingdom. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for everybody that's watching today that as saints, your people, let their minds be minds of brilliant clarity, minds of purity, minds of holiness, minds of creativity, minds that are able to get answers to the most complex and challenging situations. Father, give them the answers they need. Give them the solutions they need as they sit down with you and reason things out with you. Father, I hear that invitation. Come now, let us reason together. And Lord, I thank you that they will talk it over with you because with you, there's always a way out and you're going to give it to them. Now we thank you. We thank you that while there is prayer and while there is spirituality, there's also the engagement of our minds. And Father, help us to get that right balance. We give you all of the praise. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a flow of like a river of wisdom that's flowing today. Just receive, receive. Some of, some of you, you even have things come off of you. Even as the word has been going forth, uh, negative things, dark things, they are coming off of you. And you're beginning to understand God's kingdom much, much better. Praise God. Now, if you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus, come on, get your life right with God right now. I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you used to be a Christian, but you got off in the darkness, come back. God will restore you. Pray this prayer along with us. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Save me right now. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, take any veil off of me. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Let your Holy Spirit help me with my mind. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Woo, the burden's gone. The burden is gone. The sin is gone. Praise God forever. Sure feels good in your heart, doesn't it? Praise God. Now, as Christians, let's walk in wisdom and take communion. Mm -mm. The wise take communion. Pastor Stephen, I only take it once every five years. The wise Take it regularly. Mm -mm. So grab some unleavened bread or a little cracker or tear a piece of bread off of, of a, you know, a slice of bread. Get a little piece. Get some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we thank you for sound wisdom, sound wisdom. We give you all of the praise. Help us to analyze what we do so that we're moving forward in wisdom and good practical steps in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Amen. And amen. Let's receive together.
Praise the Lord. Glory. It's much easier to have faith when your faith is being applied to a wisdom plan. Mm -mm. Faith does not work with non-concrete ideas. Faith must be based on the word. It must have solidity to it. Can ever, faith can never work with air castles. <laughs> Look, I, I can't believe in Bigfoot. I just don't believe it. Well, Pastor Stephen, in the Himalayan mountains, there's the wild deity. Uh, oh, okay, whatever. I don't, I, I'm just not, I'm not trying to believe in that, have no interest in that. But what I do have faith is in is the Word of God because it's concrete. Woo! I can stand on that, and my faith can grab that. There's other crazy stuff I can't grab. Praise the Lord. This is why you're going to see such good results. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father. Help us to stay focused in our callings. Thank you, Father God, for self-control to take time out with you in prayer. We give you praise. We thank you for your spirit helping us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Just say, Lord, let the wisdom flow. Let your wisdom flow. Now, begin to stir it up. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Yes, Some of you need to have wisdom sessions where you just have a little quiet place where you can walk and pray slowly in a circle. Do that for about an hour. And then after an hour, sit down, get real quiet, and then ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of interpretation. And it's amazing sometimes the wisdom that will begin to flow up by the Holy Spirit. Father, bless your people. I thank you that your wisdom is theirs. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting us and helping us to record these new television programs. Thank you for your gracious offering. I'll be looking for it, praying over your giving. Till then, have a great week. Bye-bye.